Hi, everyone, and welcome to the BrainBase podcast, where we have quick conversations with industry leaders about how technology is impacting the future of brands, partnerships, licensing, and IP. I'm Greg Holtzman, BrainBase's Director of Partnership Marketing, and I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Forbes 30 Under 30 2021 honoree and the co-founder and CEO of BrainBase, Nate Cavanaugh. Now, if you've never spoken with Nate before or heard about our company, BrainBase, and his vision, well, buckle your seatbelts. At just 24, Nate has already left quite a mark on the licensing industry with BrainBase's impressive roster of customers and our flagship product, BrainBase Assist, which helps some of the biggest brands in the world, like BuzzFeed, Kathy Ireland Worldwide, and Sanrio, manage their entire licensing business from end to end in one beautifully designed, easy to use platform. Even though Nate and I speak almost every day, I look forward to diving deeper with you about fundraising, the startup world, technology trends, and what makes you tick on the BrainBase podcast. Welcome, Nate. Hey, Greg. Good to chat, finally. I think <laughs> it's appropriate that I finally join our own podcast. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to talk and, and tell the world more about you and everything we have going on at BrainBase. So um, diving in, you know, congrats again on Forbes 30 Under 30. Um, not only is this huge for you, a huge win for BrainBase, but I think really for the licensing industry as a whole, since you were the only one from the licensing industry who made this list of innovators to watch in 2021. And, you know, I can't even recall the past few years if anyone from the industry has made this list. So how does it feel, number one, to, to make this list and to be recognized by Forbes? You've been recognized by Fortune from when we raised our Series A. Um, and, and where does really your drive to succeed come from? And I'd also love to know, you know, how you really think about competition. Yeah, I mean, the, the award is, is nice for sure. Um, I think whenever you called me and uh, for the first time and we were talking about me getting the award, the first thing I said was that I think it's going to be really good for the company. I'm, I'm, I'm much less concerned about the award for myself, although it's, it's definitely nice to be recognized. But I think almost immediately we saw, uh, you know, other people in the industry taking notice, which I think ultimately is going to benefit the business from a credibility perspective. Right. So when, when BrainBase is starting to go after large enterprise customers, I think it just is it's a helpful validation point for companies that are interested in working with us. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice feeling for sure. But I'm, I'm much less concerned about the personal accolade and much more interested in how it can help help the team and the business grow. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, how I'm, I'm just really interested in, in the business, of course. I mean, I started the company when I was 19. Uh, almost on my 20th birthday. So, you know, and I dropped out of college to start BrainBase. So as I've told you many times, whenever you drop out of college to start a company, your your drive to succeed, to make it work goes up pretty significantly. Um, and also I'm just very interested in building companies. And and so it's not, um, not necessarily a drive for success. It's more a drive out of interest in uh, building what I had started. And it, it's not really hard to wake up and go to work every day whenever you love what you're doing. Um, it's cliche, but it's true. And in our industry specifically, look, there's a lot of people, executives specifically in licensing and at IP that are doing really interesting things. I don't think it's obviously not just me and BrainBase. Um, you know, particularly there are people, our champions that of our customers that we've sold to, like Sanrio, for example, where the IT director of Sanrio, I would argue, is one of the most progressive IT directors in the entire industry that's helped us 
uh, grow so quickly over the last few years. So there, there are obviously other people doing cool things, but it definitely, I think, puts licensing on the map, so to speak. And, and I think it's going to be helpful as we start to grow and introduce new products. And what about competition? I, I mean, I know you are a very competitive person um, in the workplace, out of the workplace. Um, but how, how do you think about competition um, as it relates to BrainBase presently and, and in the future as well? Yeah, one of my one of the people that I really look up to um, is a venture capitalist. He used to be a, a founder. His name is Peter Thiel. And he wrote a piece in the New York Times a few years ago uh, called Competition is for Losers. He has a really great book called Zero to One. And the, and the basic thesis of his argument was that when you're a founder starting a company, you always want to aim to build a monopoly. So you're trying to start companies that are very differentiated. You don't want to be in, in uber competitive spaces. And so competitively speaking, I don't try and go into markets where there's a ton of competition for obvious reasons. Um, but when we're going head to head with one of our competitors at BrainBase, we play to win. Um, and I want all of our, I want all of our, competitor, our competitors to know that. And I want all of our customers to know that when you're aligning with BrainBase's products and you can, you can bet that you're aligning with a company that's, that's driving how this, how this industry is shaping up from a technology perspective. Um, so, you know, we work really hard. I think uh, I'm sure that uh, we're not the only ones that are working hard, but yeah, we work really hard to be the best. And um, I think that's coming across with some of the new customers that we're signing up. Um, but inherently, I don't, I don't seek competition, but when we go head to head with somebody uh, that competes with Rainbase, we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna try and beat them for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think what truly makes us different from our competitors is our company-wide obsession with design, starting with you, Carl and Nikolai, our two other co-founders. When and how did you develop this obsession with design? Uh, and then I'd love to hear about perhaps, you know, what company's design aesthetic you admire most? Yeah, I mean, design's one of those things where it's, it's subjective inherently. So people think different designs look better than others, but it is something that you don't really appreciate until you see a really good design of a product. And I think that's one of the things that we found to be true in the IP and the licensing industry are our customers were used to just using products that were, were ugly. They weren't comfortable to use from a user experience perspective. And then when you introduce a product that's really clean, simple, intuitive, and it also has a lot of depth, technologically speaking, design is not just how something looks. It's also how something interacts and works together. Um, and so we're just really obsessed with designing elegant solutions from, from a software perspective. Um, so I've been interested in that, in that since a, really young age, as has uh, Nikolai and Carl. Apple is a company that, that just does a phenomenal job with design. I think that's the cliche answer. Um, there are other companies that do a really nice job, like Stripe, the payment processing company. And I think other tech startups have tried to emulate what they've done. Um, but we look at something that's really important and, and it's not the most competitive uh, moat, so to speak. When you're, when you're building a company, design is not something that's gonna differentiate you because other people can can catch up to it pretty quickly, I would say. But design is, again, it's not just a how something looks aesthetically, it's how something works and interacts together. And when you're a company like BrainBase that's trying to build a complex product ecosystem with several different products that all should work together really seamlessly, design um, is incredibly important um, from the end user perspective. So it's just something that we put a, a large premium on. And I think it relates back to competition. You know, when, when we have product meetings at BrainBase, we actually, have like vicious debates over the fonts, the colors, the 
shapes of our graphs. Like these are things that companies don't even talk about that we compete with, that we are just uber, uber focused on. Um, so it has started since a young age and there are a lot of companies that, that I emulate, Apple and Stripe being, being two of them. Moving on to fundraising, um, which I find fascinating and I think it's quite amazing that we've raised more than $12 million to date and closed on our Series A financing at the height of the pandemic. What was that like? And what advice do you have for other founders trying to raise money right now, especially at such a difficult time in the world and with our economy? I can imagine it wasn't easy um, and it's probably not easy for other kind of startup founders right now. Yeah, so we went out for our Series A fundraise in March of 2020. Uh, It was the thick of the coronavirus pandemic. um, And it was right when the stock market had dropped pretty significantly. And I think people called it Black Tuesday. Um, because the stock market and all the cryptocurrencies have had fallen in price very significantly. And I think from, from a venture capital perspective, there was a lot of uncertainty around, was there going to be a significant market pullback? And I think a lot of funds actually during the middle of our fundraise uh, had decided to no longer continue writing uh, investments. And that was, that was a little unsettling, but we still felt pretty good about our metrics. We were growing really fast, uh, for the licensing industry, we had just closed in deals fairly recently with Sanrio and some other really impressive customers like Kathy Ireland Worldwide. Um, and so, you know, it, it was we're grateful to be able to have gotten the round done with Bessemer. Uh, they're one of the best enterprise software investors in the world, arguably. Um, and, and it's good to, have, you know, have raised $12 million to date, but fundraising is not a milestone for success necessarily. It's just an enabler of success. So my advice mm-hmm. to other founders would be, you know, you need to typically you will need to raise money if you want to grow really quickly, but that's not uh, it's a proxy for success, but it's not necessarily the indicator of success. You still need to have a very strong outcome or an exit from the company in order for that to make sense. So my, my advice for other founders would be stay focused on what the money can enable, not the fundraising milestone itself. Um, and then there are a zillion resources online to figure out how you should fundraise. So um, y Combinator has a lot of great resources about this, as do many of the top venture capital firms. But back to the basic strong metrics, great product, differentiated space. Uh, I think those are those are pretty widely known at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, running a startup, especially a successful one, is definitely no easy task. What have been the most important lessons you've learned since starting your first company more than six years ago? I think the big one is doing a lot of market due diligence. So when you when you have an idea for a new company, you get really excited about it um, immediately. But then once you actually dig into what the market looks like, meaning if you build a product in this market, are there actually going to be a lot of customers in the market for that product or that business? And can you build a company at massive scale from that market that you're going after? Um, and that's not something that seems obvious on, on the surface, but running a company that is worth $10 million is equally as difficult as running a company that's worth a billion dollars because mm-hmm. you still have to go through all of the early uh, hardships of raising money, signing up customers, building the product, recruiting the team. So what I would, you know, I think one learning that I've had for sure is whenever we think about a new market segment to enter at Brainbase, we do a lot of market due diligence to make sure that if we build a product for this space, it can get to uh, an exponential scale rather than just a linear one. Um, and, and that's by far the biggest. I think the other one is making sure that you have great VPs at every function of the business from product to design, to marketing, sales, engineering, et cetera. And I think we've really, we've really done a nice job of recruiting strong VPs to lead each function of the company because whenever you grow from a seed stage company to a series A company or 
10 people to 25 people to 100 people, you as the CEO can no longer do every task yourself. You have to be mm-hmm. able to delegate things to, to competent people at the business. So those are two uh, of the most important lessons by far. As the company has grown, would you say it's been tough for you or has it been easy to kind of let go of some of those responsibilities you perhaps had when you first started BrainBase? Yeah, it's, it's definitely been difficult when you're, again, when you're a 10 person team, you're typically used to doing everything from your cold emailing customers, you're building all of your marketing copy, you're involved in the product and engineering meetings, you have to raise money and do your finances. So there, there are certain parts of the company that where I've delegated functions that I would have preferred to keep on, you know, to hold on to, but it's not, it's, it's just part of scaling. So um, it's, it's always hard to delegate. Um, I've tried really hard not to micromanage the team um, and just have trust in the VPs and the directors that we hire. Um, but yeah, it's just a natural, I think, progression of a manager as you, as you scale the, the company. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And now with technology, um, we know that at BrainBase, it, it scales really at lightning speed, especially on a global scale. We have a global customer base, so we know how important it is to kind of keep up with trends but what trends do you see occurring in technology in relation to IP, machine learning, and AI over the next few years? Yeah, there are certain applications for machine learning that I think are, are, obvious, are already working. OCR is one of them that's been around for a few years, um, which actually enables companies to take, um, it stands for optical character recognition, where you, <clears throat> the practical use cases, you can take a scanned version of a PDF document and translate that into searchable text which makes it easier for contract administrators and legal teams to search through documents faster. Um, that, that's a very practical use case that's applicable for almost any industry, but IP and licensing specifically. Um, and then also machine learning for insights about how a business is performing. There's another technology called machine vision. So if a customer is using BrainBase and uploads a picture of a t-shirt for a product approval, um, you can automatically recommend or recognize characteristics of that t-shirt. Is it blue? Is it a short sleeve or a long sleeve t-shirt? Which logo is on the t-shirt? Um, which you can add these attributes to those products with machine vision so that whenever you run data analysis on those later, you can see which products are selling best based on the attributes that your machine vision algorithm has detected. I think there are a lot of uh, industries where AI and machine learning will not take over um, for several years. Um, I think any creative or relationship driven industry is going to be the last uh, seg- sector that gets automated from AI and machine learning, just because it's really hard to displace a, a person that has a close personal connection or emotional connection mm-hmm. um, with, with AI. So um, there are a lot of practical resources. Many of them we're, we're thinking about and working on at BrainBase. And then there are many others that I think people need to not worry so much about. Yeah. I think certain areas, especially with sales, I mean, of course, if you're massive, massive, you could automate it. But I think we know um, sometimes there's nothing like a personal touch to, um, to, land, um, to land a deal and close a deal. So um, for sure. But and then to close, you know, I know there's a lot we can't discuss yet about our product roadmap, about these new amazing customers that I know I'm just dying to announce and start, you know, developing marketing strategies with. But what can you share about BrainBase's goals, vision, and plans for 2021 and perhaps beyond? Yeah, one thing I've talked about for about two years at BrainBase now, um, our first product being BrainBase Assist for uh, managing our global licensing operations, is I, I kept being adamant about not describing BrainBase as a licensing company because I was adamant that we would have other products that were not related just to licensing. And so what our customers can expect from BrainBase in 2021 is 
uh, at least two new products that are not related to licensing specifically that we think you're going to unlock um, uh, totally different markets for our business, but that also that our current licensing customers are going to be able to receive value from. Um, so we have a handful of new products to announce in the first half of the year. And we also have, as you said, a handful of new customers that are globally recognized brands that I think we're really proud to be working with. So there's a lot in store. I'm sure our team size will be more than doubling, both from product engineering, customer success, design. So there's a lot in store for sure, but nothing uh, I can share on the, on the podcast, unfortunately, specifically. Yeah, I know that's a tough question. We're doing a lot of planning right now. It's a lot of exciting things coming from you and us. Um, and I think um, all of our accomplishments the past year are kind of the perfect tailwind to ride into the next year and hopefully grow, as you said, grow our employee base, grow our customer base, and really set us up to be the true kind of market leader for technology and the intellectual property industry as a whole. So I think uh, you as our leader is, you know, doing an amazing job and I'm glad our podcast listeners and everyone who follows us on social media has gotten the chance to get to know you a little bit better. Um, if you're listening to this and you want to get to know Nate more, um, please reach out to us. Um, we're happy to hop on a call with you, tell you more about Brainbase. And I think you'll definitely want to join um, our ecosystem and, and hear more about the products we're building out. So um, please follow us on social media. Uh, if you want to learn more about Brainbase, brainbase.com. And if you want to reach Nate, his email is nate at brainbase.com. Thank you.